Good morning, church. First of all, I want to thank um, our lay leader, Wayne, Pastor Jasmine, for this opportunity. Uh, I must admit it came as a surprise. I'm more of a behind-the-scenes worker, so <laughs> it's kind of unusual for me to be standing up here. I also want to thank my son for being here this morning to help support me. I know there were many uh, family members that would have loved to come, but I know they're watching and I know they're supporting me. Uh, as Pastor Jasmine said, our, my message title today is The Courage to Echo God's Word. The Courage to Echo God's Word. And the scripture reading for today comes from chapter 1, comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. So gather your Bibles, uh, your electronic devices, or you can follow along on the screen as we read this scripture. I'm going to be reading from Eugene Peterson's The Message. I, Paul, together here with Silas and Timothy, send greetings to the church at Thessalonica. Christians assembled by God the Father and by the Master, Jesus Christ. God's amazing grace be with you. God's robust peace. Convictions of steel. Every time we think of you, we thank God for you. Day and night, you're in our prayers. As we call to mind your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in following our master, Jesus Christ, before God our Father. It is clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but also has put his hand on you for something special. When the message we preach came to you, it wasn't just words. Something happened in you. The Holy Spirit put steel in your convictions. You paid careful attention to the way we lived among you and determined to live that way yourselves. In imitating us, you imitated the Master. Although great trouble accompanied the word, you were able to take great joy from the Holy Spirit. Taking the trouble with the joy the joy with the trouble. Do you know that all over the provinces, both of Macedonia and Achaia, believers look up to you? The word has gotten around. Your lives are echoing the master's word, not only in the provinces, but all over the place. The news of your faith in God is out. We don't even have to say anything anymore. You're the message. People come up and tell us how you received us with open arms, how you deserted the dead idols of your old life so you could embrace and serve God, the true God. They marveled at how expectantly you await the arrival of his son, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from certain doom. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we give thanks. We give you thanks 
and above every other name, we give you praise. Help us to rise above the negativity, harshness, and division in the world. Provide us with wisdom, guidance, and direction. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to us through your word, and let us hear your voice in this message today. Let your Holy Spirit open ears to hear and hearts to receive. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thessalonica was an important uh, communication and trade route to the east. They had a really large population, maybe over $200,000. It was the largest city in the province of Macedonia. The people there worshiped a lot of different gods. There were Roman gods and then there were Greek gods. Paul, Silas, and Timothy came to Thessalonica and as usual, Paul went to the synagogue and started preaching. As a result of Paul's preaching, a large number of Gentiles became Christians. There were some Jews, but the majority of them were Christians. But there was a problem. Their mission was interrupted. Paul was ran out of Thessalonia because at this time it was really dangerous for Christians because they could be persecuted. So Paul had to leave, and this community of Christians was left without its teacher, and it's left with little support. But Paul always was concerned about this community, so he sent Timothy to find out how they were doing. And Timothy brought back good news. The community was still standing, because Paul was concerned that these new believers had been infiltrated with non-believers or that some of them had went back to their pagan beliefs. So as Paul got this good news, he writes this letter in Thessalonians to this community, praising and encouraging them. He wanted to encourage them to remain steadfast in the face of persecution. So these words can encourage Christians today because we are in the midst of COVID, we are in the midst of uncertainty, we are in the midst of violence, we are in the midst of negativity. So we need to remain steadfast today as well. One thing Paul does is praises their courage. And then he kind of lets us in on what it is that gives them this courage. He says, when they received the words, they just, it wasn't just words. They let the words convict them. So we know if something is convict, someone is convicted, that means they're found guilty, right? So they were guilty. They found themselves guilty. So after their confessions of their sins or what they had considered themselves to be guilty of, then the Holy Spirit was able to come in. And when the Holy Spirit came in, that says it put steel in their convictions. 
That means no persuasive facts or theories could change their minds. Their belief was firm. They were serious about their beliefs, but they didn't keep it to themselves. They knew being a follower of Christ could bring trouble. It could be dangerous. They, were fa they could face persecution. It could rub some people the wrong way, but they didn't compromise their beliefs to get along with others. Convictions of steel. The scripture says they took the trouble with joy. They were courageous. So the news of these Gentiles' conversions from idol worshipers to community spread. And it says there was nothing more to be said. They were the message. Their lives were echoing the master's words. <laughs> Their lives were echoing the master's words. You know, my sister and I, we like to travel together, and we usually take one big trip every year. So last year, we took a trip to the national parks. It was called a national parks tour. And if you haven't ever done that, I suggest you do it because it was an awesome trip. And we saw beautiful scenery. There were all these gorgeous mountaintops, all these high canyons, all these valleys. And when we were up in some high elevation areas, and while we were up there, if you stood on the edge and you called out, you could hear your echo. And that sound, it almost seemed as though as it was going out, it was touching every rock as it left. It was touching, touching, So you couldn't hear it anymore. And then we went to Yellowstone. And as we started coming closer to this one section that they wanted us to see called Artist Point, as we were getting out, we'd have to go through a little trail. And we could hear echoing of water. You could just kind of hear it. And as you move closer and closer and closer, it got louder and louder. And you'd have to go up these steps. And when you got up to the point that they wanted you to see, you saw this gorgeous waterfall. And the water had carved into the rocks and, and had opened up all this beautiful shades of yellow. It made this lasting impression and it was gorgeous and everybody was taking pictures and I was saying to myself, this is why it's Yellowstone because it had just made such an awesome impression. So what were these Christians echoing? So what were they echoing that so touched the lives of others and it made a lasting effect? Not only in the province where they lived, but they touched others all over the place. But Paul cites three things. And these three things our Christians can live, our Christians' lives can echo today. There are ways that we can touch others. The first thing was work of faith. Now, we know that work is a person's actions or deeds 
It's the exterior of our daily behavior. Our acts of faith, we are faithful when we are serving one another. We serve their mental as well as their physical needs. But works of faith are all the actions, actions that issue out of our living the faith. Some examples are mission work, where we feed and clothe those in need. Acts of kindness, listening and showing empathy for one another. Some of us teach Sunday school. Some of us attend small groups. Some of us help with the business of the church to keep it strong and useful in the community. And most important, maintaining an active prayer life. We accept God's word, we have faith in the word, so our work is the action we live out through our faith. Our work of faith. The second thing Paul says is our labor of love. He uses the word labor. Labor is a more intense type of work. It's a deep inside work. If we think about when a woman gives birth, it says she goes into labor because she has to push from deep within to bring life. So this love is the love that God has deep within us. We love unconditionally because God's love for us is unconditional. Everything we do, we do in loving response to God's love for us. When true love, inspired by the Holy Spirit, comes out from deep within us, the work that we do is motivated by great passion, commitment, or calling, as opposed to a financial gain. Because of this love, we can love our neighbors as ourselves, even though they don't look like us. We can have compassion for immigrants. We can show kindness to others. We can forgive, we can call out injustice, and when we see a wrong, we are moved to say something or do something. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. had a quote, and it said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Therefore, to change the world, love has to be extended to everyone. And the last thing that Paul shared with us is these Christians, that their hope, the hope and comfort that comes from God's grace and the belief in the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the hope of our salvation. Hope in his return motivates our spiritual growth. This hope provides comfort and moves us to godly living. We have hope in the midst of uncertainty. <laughs> because he lives, 
I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. So Paul has laid it out how as Christians we can touch each other even in troubled times. So now since we're all kind of sheltering in our homes because of this virus, it's a good time to reflect individually and collectively as the church and ask, what are our works of faith? Are we showing love towards our neighbors and each other? How are we sharing the message of hope in Jesus Christ with others? Are our lives echoing God's words? Are we practicing spiritual disciplines of prayer, worship, and scripture reading? Or are we, as Adam Hamilton says in his book, Peter the Flawed Disciple, spiritually anemic? It's usually right here that Pastor Jasmine says, if you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so here's the good news. We serve a God of second chances. Our lay leader, Wayne, here, whenever you see Wayne and you say, Wayne, how are you doing? What's your response? That's right. I didn't have to practice that because I knew he was going to say it. <laughs> every day is a blessing. And every day, the God we serve is ready to forgive, restore, and revive us in spite of our failures. And that's a wonderful thing. So finally, just like the Thessalonians, when we have spirit-empowered lives, God can do amazing things among us. And when we have the courage to echo God's word, we can live up to our promise to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So this was my message for you today. Thanks be to God.